You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. is good um good is the podcast um (laughs) railing against rob manfred the same way we did about three weeks ago that was glorious (laughs) oh man just so i'm just getting caught up on a lot of their episodes this week that they've been doing since they moved Mm. to uh metal arc and um I just got to that episode. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'd forgotten so, about this. So you, so you haven't been to this week's uh, two episodes. So I got to, um, I'm doing, I haven't done the draft. I did the, <laughs> which I was like, that's, I, I just saw the title and I'm like that. Yep. That, that seems about right for an episode for them. Um, I, I, the, uh, are there any good teams? And I'm about halfway through that. Um, so that's, that's been pretty good. Uh, I do like that. There was one episode, I think it was before they split them into two where, um, um, uh, they were like, okay, we have this massive emergency, but first we have to check in on the Cleveland Browns. Right. They're, they're a damn trip, man. They really are. Oh, I, almost, I, almost get, I almost get myself in trouble like listening to them in public because I'll just start like dying laughing. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, we, we need Brandon McCarthy back on an episode. That's Which I imagine will happen now that the holidays are almost upon us. I'm sure he'll be back for, for yeah, whatever should, they're It should almost be Brandon McCarthy time. So. All it right. should be about that time. It, it is that time, and it's that time for episode 390 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Welcome in, everyone, to the AFA pod. I am Edward Green, joined as always by my friend, Wes Bradshaw. Wes, how are you doing this week? Oh, Ed, I'm not doing too bad. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, Thank man. So th- the good thing is, like, Joe Posnanski is only, like three hours down the road from where we're recording this. So he probably heard that and he's like, yeah. somebody trying to steal our open. <laughs> no, no, no. Copyrighted French and SOBs. No, Mr. Kuznetsky. <laughs> this is uh this is our tribute. Absolutely. We we love we love the podcast with Joe Posnansky and Michael Schur on Metal Arc Media. All glory be to them. Uh, but all glory be to soccer, which is now back this week for more Premier League action. 
after what I, I think would best be described as a, as a bit of a wild uh, international break. We can finally close the book on a lot of teams qualifying, especially out of Europe, um, for the World Cup with some uh, some surprising results out of the continent. Um, so we'll get to that in a little bit here. Um, we also have a quick preview of the week that's coming up here in the Premier League as uh, we are able to report that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is still the manager at Manchester United. He he survived the international break. Um, although it might be the most Manchester United thing ever if they actually ended up firing him like Thursday. So, <laughs> yeah, just just take the whole break to decide you're gonna do it, right? Yeah. Um. So we'll have that. We'll have a little bit of news and notes. Uh. We'll pimp the athletic. Do a quick watch for, and we'll wrap it up. As always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um. All right. So quickly through some World Cup qualification. Um. Bunch bunch of matches were played. Real quick, I want to just show you where we stand right now. Um, so over in um, the Asian Federation, uh, Iran and South Korea are topping their groups by a lot. Uh, United Arab Emirates are in a dogfight for third place. Top two teams in each group are automatically going to the World Cup. Third place team in each group has to like do a playoff, and then it gets a little complicated from there. But Iran and South Korea are almost assuredly at this point going forward with only four matches to play. Uh, over on the other side, it's a little closer. Saudi Arabia tops the group, uh, followed by four points away is Japan, and then Australia right behind them. Uh, Oman, China, and Vietnam very far behind. Um, so Japan, Australia, mainstays the tournament. Um, Going to need to fight it out uh, to try and, and get in there. Um, although you'd have to feel that whoever does finish third, Japan or Australia, uh, will be favored over United Arab Emirates in the playoffs. So that's that's that. Um, over in uh, Africa, which has just finished up, it's qualifying uh, to go into the final section to determine the five teams coming out of Africa um, before Wes's favorite event in two months, the, the Cup of Nations coming up here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, they, can, they, can, they can all go ahead and kiss my ass. Um, the 10 teams that have qualified are uh, Algeria, Cameroon, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Egypt, Ghana, Mali, Morocco, Nigeria, Senegal, and Tunisia. Um, there are a couple teams that you know might, might be missing. Uh, South Africa nearly missing out, losing to Ghana on the final day, um, sealed their fate where South Africa could have gotten through. Uh, South Africa has also lodged a complaint and a formal... Um, inquest i guess you'd call it to fifa to see if they will uh review the play some of the calls from that game because some of them looked kind of shady maybe a little match fixy so we'll see if that happens probably not nothing will get done there uh, but those are your 10 teams they will be drawn against each other into a home and home situation uh and the five winners of those home and home uh competitions will be heading to the world cup so of those 10 teams only five will actually make it um over in CONCACAF, the United States made it 3-4-3 over El Tree this year as the United States wins 2-0 over Mexico. Another dos acero in Ohio for, for the USMNT. Um, but it is not them who top the group currently. Uh, it is it is our good friends to the north and who I briefly played for a season on our, on our long-forgotten television show. Um, Canada. Canada. Ooh is leading CONCACAF qualifying 
through eight of the 14 matches. Um, not a result that everyone saw coming, but Canada also beat Mexico this week. Mexico currently sits in third, but top four teams all very tight together just within two points as Panama is currently in fourth. Costa Rica right now uh, in fifth. Top three teams out of CONCACAF go through automatically. Fourth has to go to a playoff. So you want to finish in those top three spots to not have to worry about that. Uh, CONMEBOL, congratulations to Brazil and Argentina. They are both officially now through to the World Cup. They're in. Uh, Ecuador is getting close. But then, oh, it's getting spicy after that. Uh, Top four teams automatically get out of CONMEBOL. Uh, Fifth place goes to the playoff. So Ecuador right now in third, they're they're in pretty good shape. But then it's Colombia, Peru, Chile, Uruguay, Bolivia, and Paraguay even, all within four points of each other. Wes, we have talked about the 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 somewhat uh, we like to use the term crucible a lot, uh, but the crucible that can be uh, South American qualifying for the World Cup. This this is crazy because there's only four matches left. And you look at teams that have been in the World Cup in recent memory, like Colombia, Chile, Uruguay. Two of those teams right now wouldn't even make the playoffs. So this is this has been a crazy, crazy time um, outside of, of course, Brazil and Argentina being still at the top for uh, for South American qualifying. Just crazy stuff. Well, it's crazy shit for a crazy shit World Cup that's coming up. <laughs> that's um, not true that's right i mean it is a little bizarreness to that you know we're about to have like i mean let's be honest the most bizarre world cup of all time so we're having some bizarre um south american qualifying going on uh the shocker those two scrap, scrappy underdogs brazil and argentina are through <laughs> yes so, you know we can start we can at least uh we can start on that uh with those guys so there is a base for um, South America going into the World Cup, now they just have to uh, they just have to fill the rest of the table. Yeah, I'm very very disappointed that they've already qualified. Though that means they probably won't do their uh, their make up the match that was uh, canceled just about 15 <sighs> minutes in because it won't end up mattering anymore. So very very sad sure. there. Uh, we'll say a bit of in a bit more serious news um, news coming out of Conmebol qualifying for our Premier League fans and me. Um, Christy, uh, Romero, the player for Spurs did end up leaving, uh, while playing for Argentina in one of the qualifiers against Brazil. Um, he picked up a bit of a uh, thigh injury, so unsure yet about how long he will be out for, but he, he was just starting to get good. He's just starting to integrate into the squad and Romero will be, will be missing some time. Um, through the other places now, uh, Os, the, uh, the oceanic region, um, they're still going to be trying to do March. Good luck, y'all. You pro- none of you will probably make the World Cup anyway, so why are we even trying? Um, and then finally, oh, UEFA. Oh, UEFA. Um, so as always, the their group stage qualifying is now done. The 10 group winners are into the World Cup. We have 10 new teams in the World Cup. Um, the... The second place teams will now go into a playoff. So here are your results. And and we have to start West in Group A. Um, the group where we thought Portugal would kind of get a bit of a cakewalk did not end up being a cakewalk uh, as they lose to Serbia 
on the final day of qualifying, which sees Serbia go atop the table and, you know, just absolute bonkersness. Serbian fans going wild. So Serbia will be going straight into the World Cup and then Portugal will be having to to um, to place in the in the playoff. Um, but West for, you know, a team that has relied so heavily on Cristiano Ronaldo for a team that, you know, a couple just two euros ago won it in very ugly fashion. Um, I don't think they expected even with if things went a little wrong that they would have ended up finishing second in a group that included not just Serbia, but Northern or sorry, uh, Ireland, Luxembourg and Azerbaijan. This is truly define what we thought of coming into this stage. Uh, it is, but you know, every now and then we get these surprising results, especially in qualifying. And it just, you know, it really shows you can't take anything for granted unless you're playing San Marino. But, um, <laughs> you know, Portugal are an extremely talented team. I mean, one of the best teams in the world talent wise. Um, and they just, they didn't take care of their business. I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. They didn't take care of their business. And now they're, um, there's still a good chance they'll qualify, but I mean, now they got to go do it the hard way. Oh man. Oh man. Um, they were not the only team that took a bit of a tumble, as we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, Group B also could have been close. Uh, Spain did up beating Sweden uh, on the final day to make sure their spot was good to go. Um, very tough breaks for Sweden. They were doing so well in qualifying, and then they just stumbled a little bit at the end here, uh, losing, uh, I believe, yeah, losing to the those those fighting Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Georgia with the two. Number one team in the country. <laughs> so, losing 2-0 to them. That that was the kick in the pants, really, for Sweden and, and Zlatan. Um, but they do finish second, so they'll be going through. But Spain uh, will be advancing into the, uh, the World Cup. Um, but yeah, we look just now to Group C. The, the defending European champions did not win their group. Uh, Italy, they didn't drop a match the entire time, but they also only won four of their eight matches. And because Switzerland won one more, they're going through Switzerland, do advance. They are going to the World Cup, Italy heading to the playoffs. And uh, I mean, this is this is another one that's Wes, you know, you talk about taking care of business. Again, Italy didn't lose a match, but they also drew Bulgaria at home, which you you just can't do. And then they drew uh, against Northern Ireland. So this is, again, you, you said it, taking care of business. It's surprising because, you know, you can say, you know, maybe Portugal is just maybe Ronaldo and then a bunch of dudes with a bad manager. But Italy, I mean, again, this team just won Euro like three months ago. It's It's very surprising to see that they weren't able to pull out a win when they had to to qualify automatically. Ah, England get the last laugh. <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. Um, yeah, I mean, just another case, you know, um, Italy, since winning Euro, they have, they have not been, been at their best. They still haven't lost a match. So, you know, that string yeah. continues. 
I don't even know how long it's been now. It's like 30-some matches, I think, since they lost. Mm-hmm. They've got some crazy awesome streak going. But um, it's almost like Italy have lost a little bit of that edge. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that happens after you win a big tournament. Um, you know, for them, it'll, uh, it'll, be, it'll be all about whatever they can do going forward here. But once again, they are still in the position to qualify. But much like we said about Portugal, they're going to, have to do it the hard way. And God forbid if those two like get drawn with each other and somebody's getting left home, that'd be pretty freaking cool, actually. Um, unfortunately, that cannot happen. I, I wish it could well, happen, then. and we'll get to that. Now there is, there is oh, a wait. chance that one of them could run into an actually pretty good team, but um, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, elsewhere. Um, Group D, France, they get through. Not the best of qualifying. Again, they didn't lose a match, but they only won five. They still drew three, including a draw at home to Bosnia and Herzegovina, um, who finished fourth in the group. Um, Heartbreak for Finland, though. They lose to France 2-0 in the final day, uh, while Ukraine uh, wins against BNH on the final day. So Ukraine will be going through out as the second seed. Um, Over in Group E, Belgium goes through as group winners. And then Wales, big results in their final matchups here. They will go through in second place over the Czech Republic. But due to the Nations League, somehow the Czech Republic also is going to the playoff. So good good for them. Um, And actually good for them news, uh, as we head to Group F, uh, of course, one of the the big up-and-coming things of... um, from Euros, Wes, was getting to watch Denmark. And especially the way their tournament started with these scary uh, heart problems that on the pitch of Christian Eriksen. They came back, made it to the semifinals, and gave England a good, as good a go as uh, anybody had up to that point. Uh, and man, they're coming through qualifying. Nine wins, just the one loss, um, a 2-0 defeat to Scotland. Uh, who ended up finishing second in this group. Um, But what a great job by Denmark. Also gave up the fewest goals in qualifying jointly with England. And, you know, while they didn't have a murderer's row, Israel, Austria, Faroe Islands, Moldova, the other teams in the group, um, big ups to Denmark. We don't normally think of them as, you know, a golden generation or anything, but they had an impressive Euros and they've had a very impressive World Cup qualifying. So maybe we see them you know, maybe make a little noise at the World Cup. Um, you know, they got a taste of making a really nice run at the Euros. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we talked about, they had that really rough start, the whole Ericsson situation, and losing their first match. But that was a team that really came back and played really well in that tournament. And maybe it was one of those, you know, this is the time for them to take their next step. So that'll be interesting to see, especially if maybe Portugal or Italy aren't there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Denmark uh, could be going through. Uh, we have seen teams have good qualifying things. I think I think Austria, who also happened to be in this group and will be advancing via the Nations League somehow. Um, I think Austria, either one cycle or two cycle ago, went like 10-0 and 0 in their group and, and just dominated and then got to the World Cup and didn't really do anything. But I think, you know, talking, as you mentioned, going through Euros and having that experience. 
um, so recently. I mean, we'll have we'll have had Euros this uh, summer, and about a year and a half from then, they'll be at the World Cup. So that that can stick with a lot of these guys. So yeah, big 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 things maybe to come for Denmark. Um, speaking of players who haven't yet become fine Danes. Um, and who who only barely shed their Dutch ways, um, the Netherlands. There was a moment going into their final match, um, which was if I can pull it up here, I believe against Mo- uh, not no not Montenegro. It was against um, Norway. There was a moment going there because they drew two two. Against Montenegro, after you know the most dangerous scoreline in soccer, t- up two nil, um, there was a chance that the Netherlands actually could have just been completely knocked out of the World Cup, but they weren't. Uh, they got the result they needed in the end against Norway. Uh, so Norway ends up finishing third. Uh, Turkey ends up finishing second, so they'll be going through that way. But even then, the Netherlands still needed two late goals from Spurs' Stevie Bershwine and uh, the guy who definitely did not have a good experience in the Premier League, Memphis Depay. Uh, both of them scoring in the final like eight minutes of their match against Norway to get them the two points they needed to get them the qualification. Um, but Wes, for a team that missed the World Cup last time, um, I guess it's just good that they were able to go ahead and qualify, even if they, even if it was a, a little dicey all the way to the end. And whatever it takes for the Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, really, strangely, ever since Ronald Koeman left, they have not been the same. Weird. Well, weird. You know, may, maybe Koeman had, you know, found the job that, that he needed to be at. But, <laughs> you know, anyway. Um, on a personal note for the Dutch, uh, they qualify. If if he remains healthy, my God, uh, Virgil van Dijk will get to play in his first, this is crazy, his first international tournament for the Dutch. Wow. Yeah, because he didn't get to play Pretty Euros. Much, right, right, due to injury, and they missed the previous World Cup. I believe they missed the previous Euros for some reason, I think. So, um Finally, Virgil van Dijk will get to play an international tournament for the Dutch. <laughs> Amazing. So for that, for that, you know, I will, uh, I will be keeping my eye on those Dutchmen. Tr- truly, truly a chance for a coming out party internationally for Virgil van Dijk um, to more than a Premier League audience. Um, so that, that is very exciting. Um, over in Group H, uh, Croatia in their final match uh, of of qualifying do get a much needed win over Russia. They are going through because of that. They finish one point above Russia. Russia do finish second. So they are going into the playoff. Uh, Slovakia, Slovenia, Cyprus, Malta. They're all out uh, over in group. I it, it wasn't, it was never dicey, I think, but, it, but it maybe got a little closer than it needed to be just at the very end. Uh, even even before the uh, 10-0 drubbing uh, against San Marino to end qualifying. Uh, England do get through on 26 points. They scored the most points of any team in qualifying. And as I mentioned earlier, gave up the joint least along with Denmark. Um, Poland do finish second against Albania after they won in Albania. Big match there. 
um, on a on an absolutely waterlogged pitch. Uh, Wes, I don't know if you saw any videos from from that Poland Albania match. Um, you would you would pass it. It would go about ten yards, and then the ball would just stop. It, it, Video, just, yeah, I watched it live. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a miserable watching experience. Um, so so sorry to the players who had to play there. But Poland do go through in second. Albania third, Hungary fourth, Andorra fifth. Poor San Marino. They did score a goal. They did actually score a goal against Poland. So good for them in this qualifying. But San Marino. Good for the fighting Dan Marinos. Um, (laughs) So, Wes, obviously, England do go through as the number one team. Uh, They'll be going into the World Cup and looking to, of course, build on their their finals appearance at Euro 2020 and see if they can uh, maybe make it a twofer here and get back to the finals in the World Cup coming up. Yeah, I mean... England are really good at qualifying. Yes. They always have been. Um, we, we know what shirt Harry Kane likes wearing this year. Yeah, sorry. apparently. Oh, sorry, Ed. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, and going into it, everyone knew it wasn't, it wasn't much of a, um, it wasn't much of a group anyway. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this was completely expected. I mean, good on England. They went out. They, You know what they did? They took care of business. Yes. Uh, they did exactly what they were supposed to do in the group. They went. They won games. Uh, they bludgeoned teams that needed to be bludgeoned. Um, they shut down teams that needed to be shut down. And at the end of the day, they get their, They get what they completely deserve, which is a group victory and moving on. To the World Cup. Um, excuse me. Now, will they build on their performance from Euros? There remains to be a big question, and that's a question that you know it's we're we're about a year away now from uh, finding out. But good for that group going and doing what they needed to do, and let's see, um, you know, let's see what group. Gareth Southgate decides to uh, take to Qatar when the time's right. Yeah, obviously that would uh, that would be a very big part of it. Um, you know, who's going to be fit at that point? Again, we're still a year and a half away, mm-hmm. so tough to see. Um, tough to see who's going to be in play. Well, now the... now you say a year and a half. We're we're literally about yeah. I guess it's a year away. actually. It's a year. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Oh man. Yes. It's very weird. Oh, man. All right. Um, and then to wrap things up for, for this group stage of qualifying, Germany, uh, for all their trials and tribulations, they go through with nine wins and a loss um, just behind England and goals scored. They go through. And uh, while there was a, bun- a bunch of other teams in their group, North Macedonia ends up being the team that finishes in second place. So congratulations to North Macedonia finishing one point above Romania for second place um, and being able to go into the playoffs. So again, the teams that have now qualified uh, automatically, Serbia, Spain, Switzerland, France, Belgium, Denmark, Netherlands, Croatia, England, Germany, they're all going. They are in the World Cup, period, full stop. Now, here's where it gets a little interesting. 
So what they do is they take the 12, uh, the 10 teams that finish second along with the, uh, and then they seed them into a draw for the playoff. Then they seed them according to how many points did you score in qual, how many points did you accumulate in qualifying? And they do a thing because some team, some groups had five teams, some groups had six. They they remove up two games from the the teams that played ten games to make it even. Enough of that. Um, so then they seed them. The top six teams are the the seeded teams. We'll call it in air quotes. The bottom four are unseeded, along with Austria and the Czech Republic, who came from the Nations League. So the a seeded team will play an unseeded team. Hope I hope you're all still out there. Your six seeded teams are Portugal, Scotland, Italy, Russia, Sweden, and Wales. So those six teams will be in one pot to be drawn, and they will be drawn against a team from the other pot, which includes Turkey, Poland, North Macedonia, Ukraine, Austria, and the Czech Republic. So that is why when Wes mentioned earlier, could Portugal play Italy and one of them get knocked out? Unfortunately, no, because they will be drawn, they will have, they're being drawn from the same pot, so they cannot play each other. However, one of those teams could end up playing Poland. And while you think Italy is probably better than Poland and should get through, I don't think it's a gimme. And the way Portugal's been playing lately, Portugal-Poland to go to the World Cup over two legs. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. So that's not a gimme. <laughs> it's really not. So that is, um, with all due respect to Turkey, um, who, who did also have a strong qualifying, Poland have Robert Lewandowski. And otherwise, Poland are, are a very good team. They, they have international experience. Um, they, they played England well for what that's worth. Um, they are absolutely a team who, whoever, oh, whatever those other six teams, Portugal, Scotland, Italy, Russia, Sweden, Wales, I don't think any one of them wants to see them get drawn against Poland. But man, oh man, these storylines that would be happening if you get Portugal versus Poland, Ronaldo versus Lewandowski for the right to go to the World Cup. Because remember, after that, there's no, there's no more chances. You, you have to win that tie or you're done. And for Ronaldo, I, I don't know if he, would, if he would be able to. I mean, he's a freak of nature. But at that point, he's four years away from thinking about coming to, to North America to play in that World Cup. So who knows if he would be able to. This, this could be the battle to see if Ronaldo gets one more shot at the World Cup. I, I, I want it to happen so badly. Italy, Poland would be cool, Wes. But man, g- give me Portugal, Poland. G- it's it's such a good story. I, I want it. Oh man, you know I love my boy Diogo Jota. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we 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 need that. We need that. That would be uh, that would be high drama. Of course, it would all be about Cristiano because it's always all about Cristiano. <laughs> it could happen. I want it. I want to see it. Oh man! So I mean, I mean, probably we'll get Portugal versus uh, North Macedonia, 
But yeah, I, I just think, God, that would be so good. That would be absolutely wild if that were to happen. Um, can I get a, a when when they're gonna draw this? Um, they they've they said yet when they're actually going to draw them? Um, draw. Thank you. Um, the draw. Wait, what? What? Oh God! Oh God! I am oh, so God. wrong. I think I'm. Oh. I think I'm. Wait, wait. What the hell's going on? I'm very confused now. Following the completion of the UEFA first round, the twelve teams that advance to the playoffs will be drawn into three paths of four teams. Oh God! What? It's not even what I thought. Of. Okay, I'm wrong. That's how they used to do it. I thought that's still how they were doing it. I'm wrong. I throw throw everything I said except about the part where they're seated or unseated out the window. That that was all bullshit. That that was last qualifying and how it had always been. They're not doing it that way anymore, apparently. Okay. Okay. Um. Playoff playoff a, path A is formed by semifinals one and two. What? I'm so confused. So I guess... So I guess what they're going to do is... Okay, so what they're doing is... Instead of just doing a two-leg tie matchup one team against the other and be done with it... What they're doing is... A seeded team will be drawn against an unseeded team... In one match. And they'll be in a pod. So that it'll almost kind of be like a mini version of like what we see at the College World Series West. Where you'll see the four teams, but there's no double elimination. It's just single elimination. So there'll be four teams in a pod. Two seeded teams. Two unseeded teams. The winner of each match plays in a final. And the winner of that goes to the World Cup. So you could, you, you, okay, you are actually right. You are actually right. We could get Portugal, Italy. Yeah, of course I was right. I had no idea I was right or wrong, but I was right. Okay. Okay, this is, this is actually nutty. So three more teams are getting to go to the World Cup. Um, right, because we've expanded the World Cup field. Okay. Okay. So. So, okay. So, so what will happen is it, it still will be, so, so what I said was still right. A, a seeded team will play an unseeded team. So we still could get Portugal, Poland, but the win, that would, it would only be one match. It would not be a two leg tie. It would just be one match. And the winner, it doesn't go automatically to the World Cup. They have to win another match against possibly a seeded team. So Portugal could go like, you have to be Poland and then Italy. Oh. Oh, this is nuts. This is nucking futs. Oh my god. Alright. Alright. So the, and the, when is this happening? This is happening in March, I think. Um, March... 24th 
Okay, so at all the semifinal quote unquote matches will be played on March 24th, and all the finals will be played on March 29th. Awesome. That's going to be a fun day. That's going to be a fun day. Oh, my God. All right. So that's World Cup qualifying. I learned something new today. That's great. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, quick look at the Premier League as, as, as my headache starts to get worse. Um, hey, starting off very strong here on Saturday as the Premier League comes back from break. 7.30 a.m. Leicester versus Chelsea. Um Chelsea still sitting atop the table, but Leicester always very strong. Back at the KP, we'll see how they do there. Uh, at 10 a.m., you get Aston Villa, Brighton, and Hove. Newcastle, Brentford. Norwich, Southampton. Watford, Manchester United. Could be a tricky match there. Wolves, West Ham. Burnley Palace. And then at 12.30, Liverpool versus suddenly resurgent Arsenal for what all of a sudden would be fourth place in the league, um, which is... Kind of remarkable to me, but that's that's where we are. Um, Arsenal come from, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I guess you know, Wes, this was you know, a month ago. I think we kind of would have just scoffed and been like, well, you know, Liverpool is just gonna take care of business, and they still probably will. But I don't know if you have any different feelings on uh on this match after after the the somewhat brief run of good play arsenal has been on um arsenal have definitely <clears throat> seemed to have found some footing which i mean for Mikel uh, arteta was exactly what they needed because they were in all kinds of trouble um <clears throat> yeah i mean Really, for Arsenal, this is what they needed to do. This is what they wanted. Uh, let's see if it can continue. They haven't exactly played a murderer's row of teams. And honestly, we kind of see Arsenal do this from time to time, where they'll go on this these really nice runs, and then as soon as they uh, start to play some of the stronger teams again, things come crashing back down to earth. So... You know, let's see what happens. Um, Liverpool coming off the loss to West Ham. I'm, I'm personally not overly worried about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I mean, we'll we'll see if if Liverpool can bounce back. But I'm just, you know, I'm just of the thought that okay, it's a setback. Let's see what happens next. Um, Injury, the injury bug at Liverpool. We'll, we'll have to see how that, you know, we'll have to see how uh, how that plays out at this point. But yeah, you know, it's it's an important game at this point. That's the thing. Um, fourth place on the line, and I think most of us, like me, it's kind of like, wait, Arsenal, what? <laughs> uh, but here they are. So. Let's see what happens uh, there. This is a this is definitely a test for Mikel Arteta and for that Arsenal squad, and it's a test for Liverpool to get themselves um, back to what they have been doing. Uh, but also the fact that you know it, it looks like it's going to take just about every point you can get your hands on this year to win the Premier League. And if Liverpool hope to win the Premier League, which obviously that's a major goal of theirs, um, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to get these points. 
Absolutely. Not, nothing to, can be taken for granted at this point in the Premier League with with, with a, at least two strong teams as well in City and Chelsea above them right now. And, and God only knows what teams like West Ham are going to be doing going forward. Um, on Sunday, City will be in play at 9 a.m. Uh, as they take on Everton. Then 11.30 a.m., Tottenham will be hosting Leeds. Um, we'll see if uh, Antonio Conte can pick up his first win at the helm of Spurs. So that is your week ahead. Um, we'll hit the news and notes now. Um, I, I felt so bad for West Bradshaw, folks. Um, this man came in on Thursday. He dropped his, uh, his Anfield corner segment. It was awesome. He brought so much to the table. And then he dropped the nugget that it looked like not only were we getting Stevie G back in the Premier League as a manager, but we were going to get Fat Frank in as well. Uh, well, just the thought of that, you know, both them on the touchline, would there be enough space on the sideline for both of them? You know, didn't <laughs> know. Um, and, and just about a day later, we found out that that was in fact not happening. It was very sad. Gerard still be going to be the head coach at Villa, um, but Norwich are going to go now a different way. They're going to legendary UNC basketball coach, Dean Smith. Who, I uh, Yes, who just left who, Aston Villa. Who, who has been dead for 10 years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so he'll be coming on, according to The Athletic, on a two-and-a-half deal, uh, two-and-a-half-year deal, um, coming on over to Norwich. Um, he uh, he uh, had actually, you know, he'd been doing pretty well at Aston Villa, especially last year. Uh, but Wes, you know, losing someone, um, someone like Jack Grealish, Obviously, very hard to replace for a team like Aston Villa. Uh, you know, they got um, uh, not Danny Ward. Um, um, Danny, no. Um, yeah, the other guy from Liverpool. Yes, him, the the striker who who couldn't stay healthy. Um, yeah, I can uh, see in my head so hard as soon as you said Danny Ward, you fucked me up. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said Danny Ward, um, but they they try to replace. They tried to replace him with him, uh, and it just wasn't working. Um, so still should be, a, a, I think, a pretty good appointment, um, but also maybe looking towards the future as well because, uh, Wes, it doesn't seem like Norwich is going to be staying up pretty much no matter who they would have brought in for manager. No. I mean, it It just it didn't matter. <laughs> um that team, they are beyond being fixed this season. Um, you know, for them, they bring in Dean Smith, and they've got to be thinking this is a this is a long term appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's certainly, it's certainly, certainly not one. Danny Ings. Danny Ings, yes. By the way, Danny Ings. Um, it's certainly not, oh, God, come in and save us. No, if you want that, you bring in Big Sam. Um, so, yeah, you know, you, you get him in there, you and you, you start thinking about next year winning the championship and getting back. That, that's your thought right now yeah. with Dean Smith coming in. Um, you're you're already thinking about next season and how you can make this just a one season and get back in the prim. Well, we will see how that ends up playing out. Uh, again, I, I don't even know if Big Sam could 
could do the job here. I mean, he's he's built for Barcelona. He's not built for Norwich, I believe. Um, but um, something we have been talking about with you know the whole World Cup thing and it actually now only being a year away, uh, the Premier League, uh, as reported by the Athletic, has announced their dates for next year's Premier League season, which will have a World Cup right in the middle of it. Um, so we're gonna we, we can take a look now. The Premier League will start on August 6th, which was a week earlier than this year. Uh, it will end on May 28th, uh, which is about a week later than it will end this, this season. Um, the break will take place from November 21st to December 16th. So that is the break that the Premier League will go on. So not, not quite a month, but, but very close. Um, but now, so I was, I was trying to count up, uh, how many matches they're going to do. They are going to do they're They said they're going to stop at week 16. So that will be the final week of play before, before the, the break for the world cup. And I was doing the math. And what I noticed is if they had stopped that, if they, that would be about when this international break happened this year is when they're going to be taking the break for next year. We just finished match week 11. So to get to match week 16, they've increased the start time by a week. So that's one more match. You're still fitting in four extra matches at some point, which are most likely going to be midweek matches. Um, There might be a couple weeks you can add in if there's no international breaks or anything during the season. But you're still adding more midweek matches in addition to what's going to happen to those Champions League matches that would be played during the break. What would be happening to those League Cup matches that would be played during the break? So this is this. And I I still haven't actually heard answers on those. So all all I can see is, man, next year, Wes, is going to be so, so fucked up for the Premier League. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about as we mentioned at the very beginning of today, uh, listening to the the podcast and then talking about how, you know, last year's baseball season was so weird because of COVID and how short the season was and everything. I think next year's Premier League season is going to be somewhat like that, where this massive break in the middle of the season with, with, um, with matches having to be shoved in to accommodate that is going to be so brutal for a lot of these teams and it's I just keep thinking we asked for a winter break but not like this damn it not like this but this is Wes this this is going to be I think a huge problem for a lot of teams oh this is freaking insanity (laughs) um (laughs) you know first of all you're going to be running a ton of guys just absolutely ragged I think something nobody's really thought about um I mean this is more maybe on the okay side but um you know then basically you're taking guys who aren't on teams going to the world cup and they're just like off for a month yeah i mean you know what's that gonna do to some match sharpness and so i guess so that's the premier league what they're doing you know it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of weird when you know around england and these other countries as well um you know, their lower leagues are going to keep playing. Yeah. 
I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing like the championship and everybody, they'll keep playing and, oh man, just so many like weird things around this. But Jurgen, you know, Jurgen Klopp and a lot of other managers who manage a lot of international players, who manage a lot of, um, who manage those teams that are playing in Europe. Um, and are already playing a ton of games. They have been bemoaning for years now that we're playing too many matches or too many matches. Yeah. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp is not, he cannot be thrilled with this seeing the calendar. I mean, this is, God, you talk about crucibles for teams, you know, let's talk about crucibles for just players. Mm-hmm. This is this is rough, man. This is rough. It is not going to be easy on these guys, especially the big time players who are the ones who are selling the World Cup or selling the Premier League or selling the Champions League. I mean, those guys are going to be asked to carry a load like they've never known. Yeah, and that's one thing you know. I've I've been actually seeing quite a few people say it in comments and stuff is we we could see. Um, a lot of the teams actually go to the World Cup, lose a lot of their players during the the truncated season, just because of overwork. And we could get to the World Cup where injuries could be, you know, at an all time high. You know, you have guys playing, you know, just trying to get back after uh their their summer break. They're trying to get match fitness, and then you know maybe something happens. And we could we could end up seeing a lot of people getting injured because of the the congested schedule, and I don't think FIFA wants that ahead of their crown jewel of the tournament. So uh, I I don't know. This is this is hopefully an experiment that will just never happen again because it is it is so bad. It's so very bad on the players. But you know, hey, we're gonna expand the World Cup, so maybe. <laughs> Maybe we never have to have it in a warm country uh, in uh, December. And yeah. it may, maybe it'll be the new Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. No. oh, the Detroit Lions are playing. The hell with that? England's playing um, uh, uh, Uruguay. I don't know. <laughs> what do you oh. say, Grandpa? I say you can kiss my ass, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man um the, the the new the new thanksgiving family fight yes absolutely um la- lastly we'll just end on this little story uh the premier league has confirmed that chairman gary hoffman has resigned this is a story by david ornstein and matt slater um he will be resigning at the end of this january and stepping down uh he's only been in charge for 18 months um, but it's been a very tumultuous time with the Super League coming up and the whole Newcastle situation with, with trying to transfer ownership. It has been um, not not a good start to his tenure here at the Premier League. So uh, Gary Hoffman will be leaving um, later, I guess. So um, we'll see. We'll see where he lands. I'm sure he'll land on his feet because that's that's what people like him do. Um so Wes, let's uh, let's we talk a lot about stories about the athletic. Let's pimp the athletic. What kind of articles you got from the athletic to share this week? Hey, I'm getting my athletic app up right now Ooh, as oops. we speak of that. Um, 
I, I will say, uh, so on the athletic, Bruce Feldman, who's a college football writer, uh, basically when new jobs come open, he's the guy who kind of writes the story um, about, uh, you know, who are the candidates? Um, you know, what are they, what are they looking for? What's each school looking for? And Bruce Feldman has been working overtime this year because everybody's getting fired during the season this year. <laughs> everybody's looking for their own Steven Gerrard. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think it, it doesn't quite happen in college football like it does in uh, professional football. Um, but anyway, so there are quite a few of those. If you want to see them, the latest it looks like being on FIU who needs a new head coach. Um, after Butch Davis left and said as he went that they are, quote, sabotaging the program. <laughs> okay. All right, that sounds good. Um, so one of those uh, positions that was just filled was the University of Connecticut, UConn, who are basically the laughing stock of college football. Yeah, Randy. That's um, had the nation had the longest losing streak until it was snapped against UMass, who now has the longest losing streak. <laughs> uh, but they have a new coach. Their new coach is a, a very familiar face. You're like, well, who the hell would want to take the UConn job? How about Jim Mora Jr.? Oh. Uh, Jim Mora. Jim Mora has a burning desire to coach again, but why take the UConn job? <laughs> Quote: I love, I love to go uphill. <laughs> All right, okay, that's a Stuart Mandel and Stuart Mandel and uh, the aforementioned Bruce Feldman on this story. Um, I, I listened to the accompanying podcast that went with this, where they interviewed Jim Moore Jr. Um, I mean, look, you're wrong. You know, Jim Moore kind of gets a, a bum rap from uh, his days at UCLA. I mean, they went, they basically had one bad season at UCLA, and he got fired for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm, I don't know. That that is a, whew, that is a brutal job to walk into at UConn. Oh, yeah, I mean Connecticut, the New York area, not exactly known as football hotbeds anyway. <laughs> um, and you're going up to a school that is not in a conference, uh, has been a laughing stock, and um, yeah. Good luck, Jim. Good luck, Jim. Good luck, Jim. Good luck, Jim. Another college football, Mac Brown puts down retirement rumors. He suspects North Carolina rivals of promoting, quote, I'm having fun. <laughs> so, folks, Mac has now been back for, is this three or four years? I think this is year three. This is year three so. of Mac, right? Yeah, 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 because he had Sam Howell as a freshman. So, um, doesn't like Sam Howell's going to be leaving the program. So, Mac, which – I never had any doubt Mac Brown was coming back at least next year. I always thought I always thought when Mac came back he had five years. I thought he had five years in him. So yeah. this will be three. So I, I think Mac's got at least a couple of more, and we'll see after that. Um, but uh, people are, you know, opposing uh, programs potentially are using that as a weapon against Matt Brown when it comes to recruiting. That you know, hey, why are you going to go there? He's only he's he's leaving. He's not going to be there that long. Matt Brown says he's staying uh, next year. Looks like he'll get his chance to break in a new quarterback. Um, good chance it may be uh, Drake May, the Charlotte product, whose father is the former quarterback at North Carolina back in the 80s, Mark May. 
Uh, his brother, uh, Carolina basketball fans may have heard of, uh, Luke May. He, oh, yeah. He did, like he did. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Luke May's little brother. Uh, Luke May did pretty good at Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they, are a, uh, they are a UNC family. Uh, Drake May was actually originally committed to uh, Nick Saban, Alabama. Wow. Um, and uh, that was one of those big ones that Matt came in and got the flip. Um got got him to flip so uh yeah i mean we'll see what happens but uh mac brown will be back <clears throat> for uh for at least another i would figure at least another couple of years at the university of north carolina um and my last one uh ken rosenthal why the angels agreed to a big one-year deal with noah Syndergaard? i don't think i've ever heard of a one-year contract given out that more people are just <laughs> Going, what the absolute fuck just happened here? <laughs> yep. <clears throat> I mean, Noah Syndergaard. So let's start off. Noah Syndergaard playing for the Mets. This dude was awesome. Yes, he was. I mean, we you cannot take away how freaking awesome Noah Syndergaard was. And then, like, it just seems to happen to everybody. Uh, Noah Syndergaard had to have Tommy John surgery. And Tommy John is usually one of those, you know, you have it, and then you can look about 13, 14 months down the road and you can come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, as Red Sox fans, we look at Chris Sale this season. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Sale was out for about a year, maybe a year and a month. Came back. Wasn't at his best, but, you know, came back and pitched and pitched effectively for a team that went to the playoffs. Uh-huh. Noah Syndergaard in, had Tommy John over two years ago and in two seasons since has thrown a grand total of two innings. Uh-huh. They think he's probably good for about 125 innings next season, which, okay, I mean, that's, I get it. You know, he's coming back from this surgery. But the Angels gave him $21 million. Pitch for one season. I mean, I I understand the whole. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And I mean, if he does, he's gonna pitch maybe a quarter of what you know, or maybe a third of what you want a really good starting pitcher to throw. (laughs) Um, you know, the Angels aren't exactly known for giving great contracts. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they gave, now don't get me wrong. I understand paying Mike Trout, but unfortunately ever since they decided to pay Mike Trout, Mike Trout can't stay healthy. Anthony Rendon is a massive, horrible contract. The Albert Pujols contract, they're finally out from. I mean, this is, whew. Yeah. Not only that, not only that, uh, since the Mets gave them a qualifying offer, they have to give up a second round pick. And $500,000 in international bonus pool money. Yep. Man, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, Steve Cohen has money, you know. (laughs) The the Mets owner has money, and now you're just giving him more ammo to work with. Right now, the Angels are committed to paying Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, and Justin Upton nearly $100 million combined in 2022. And they still need to add more pitching behind Shohei and Tommy. <laughs> yeah. There's so much. There needs so you know, much. I mean, they, 
And, and the thing is, you had guys like Max Scherzer was available. You know, if mm-hmm. you want to spend a lot of money for a season or two, why don't you go get Max Scherzer? Yeah. You know, uh, Robbie Ray, who today just was named as the Cy Young winner, he's a free mm-hmm. agent. Uh, Kevin Galsman is a free agent. Yeah. Um, and Justin Verlander, well, Justin Verlander just ended up resigning yeah. with, um, you know, Houston. But, I mean, shit, that could have been an option. Marcus Stroman's out there. Um. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Folks, the, the the key to the story is, you know, if your kid has an arm touched by the gods, he doesn't even really have to pitch that much. <laughs> That's the moral of the story that I take anyway. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, the the hot stove, you know, the, there'll be a lot more written about that coming up, but um. You know, the hot stove is coming, maybe, because we might have a lockout. So they're <laughs> they're expecting they're expecting pitchers to go ahead and sign up early because um you know they, they think teams are gonna be active in the pitching market just trying to lock up some pitchers. So um I don't know folks. Welcome to the hot stove and welcome to the fact that there's like now now I, I have never you know me, I've never begrudged anyone for getting paid. Mm-hmm. Well, man, I tell you, these baseball contracts. Man, there's some insane money getting thrown around in baseball. Yeah, the, uh... for, a, for a sport that likes to cry poor because you know nobody watches them. Oh, nobody watches us. Oh, everything we have no money. Wait a minute, what do you mean you have no money? <laughs> you know, Wes. Maybe if they marketed themselves to a national audience instead of thirty local audiences. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I mean, can't the varsity just like sponsor everything <laughs> for the, for the Atlanta Braves? Oh man, oh, um, we love it. we love it. Yeah, uh, Carlos Correa, another guy that's he's gonna get so much money. Oh my god! But apparently not from the Yankees because now he's pissed off Yankee fans by telling them that you know Derek Jeter wasn't that great a shortstop, even though that is like the dirty little secret of all dirty little secrets. I guess he wasn't. He wasn't a good shortstop. As the argument I made today, Derek Jeter, uh, Derek Jeter made a handful of amazing plays at really opportune times. Yes, and that's not. I don't take away from the greatness of Derek Jeter, but basically the catch against the Red Sox, mm-hmm. the jump throw in the hole, which, you know, if he if he had better range, he wouldn't have had yeah. to make a jump throw. <laughs> exactly. And, and then and then probably the greatest play, one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Still though, the the play against Oakland and the play. Yeah, the flip. Yep. Yeah, the flip. Uh, and and that was all just this dude felt to be in the right place at the right time. Not to tell you that Derek Jeter is by far and away a Hall of Famer. And I have no problem whatsoever with that. But, yeah, you know, pointing out that maybe he didn't really deserve all those gold gloves. If he didn't play with the Yankees, he wouldn't have won them. I mean, Carlos Correa ain't telling no fibs. Nope. (laughs) Where's the lie? Yeah, the man ain't lying, but um, it, it might not help uh, if he does end up somehow signing with the Yankees. It probably ain't going to help uh, go over too well with his uh, new fan base. 
So that's it. I don't think uh, the Yankees really had any love lost for Carlos Correa anyway. Yankee fans. Yeah. Yeah. So. So my couple articles, um, I had Keith Law's article with a one-year contract. Noah Syndergaard and the Angels aren't on the same page. Well, both of us hit the Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Um, and, and again, uh, one of the things that Law mentions is um, they're going to get the, – the, you mentioned um, the, um, the pick they're, they're going to get, the qualifying pick. For not Reese, uh, after they offered him a, a qualifying offer, um, and then he didn't accept, and he's going to sign with the Angels, they're going to get a pick from them. They're also going to get a pick uh, for not signing Kumar Rocker in the draft this year, and right. they might even get uh, some another pick if uh, Michael Conforto also mm-hmm. rejects their uh, their uh, their offer. So. The Mets might have a very, very big pool of picks coming in the next draft, which you know doesn't mean anything because they're the Mets. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see about that. Um, a couple other stories I did have as well. Uh, one from Pierre LeBrun, who uh, who may people may know from the hockey coverage of the Athletic, uh, Fenway Sports Group, owner oh. of Red Sox and Liverpool, mm-hmm. in talks to buy Penguins. Um, I, I, I thought this was a very odd fit when I uh, when I initially read the headline, um, as opposed to maybe I don't know like the Bruins, but you know I guess it's you know a Northeast team. Penguins are really popular in the NHL. You know maybe if you really if you really want to do it, I guess I I don't know um, how that would go down. For, for fans of like the Red Sox, knowing that their owners are buying a hockey team in Pittsburgh, but eh, I guess I guess it's something to think about. So yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think anybody's going to have too big an issue with it. I mean, you know, owners. I think nowadays people realize ownership groups they're they're buying teams to make some money. That's true. So you know as. Honestly, as long as they keep putting money into the Red Sox, I don't think you're going to find a Red Sox fan that has any issue with Fenway. Just, oh, they're the Penguins. (laughs) Fair enough. And finally, um, a story that kind of gets thrown out every once in a while, but I guess it's good to bring it back up. Um, As we end Euro, or sorry, World Cup qualifying, no no one, uh, oh, I'm sorry, there was no period in there, sorry. Number one team in the world, but no trophies. Has Martinez been a success with Belgium? Uh, this is a, a, a nice story by Nick Miller, who really breaks down, you know, uh, Roberto Martinez's time um, coming in as the Belgium national team coach um, and the job he's done there, how he took over for uh, Woolpig, Mark Wilmots, um, and, and the transition that Belgium has had under him. And it kind of brings up the old question. We've asked it multiple times in this podcast. You know, is this the Belgium golden generation? If they don't win a trophy, is it still a success? You know, we we joke about England's golden generation, how little they did. Little old Belgium actually had a golden generation. And while they didn't win anything, they did make deep runs in multiple tournaments. They beat Brazil in the World Cup. Knockout stage. 
crazy. So um, uh, it's it's nuts, and uh, you know you should go check that article out. It's a very very deep dive, as as always is, um, and uh, it does. I I think this article, yes, it does lead off with someone who got a reaction of of when Robert uh, Romelu Lukaku was still at Everton when he found out on the bench that Martinez was going to be taking over um, at Belgium just, you know, months after being fired at Everton. Um, and it is a just absolutely priceless reaction. Just hand, hands, hands in his face, hands on his face. Just, oh God, oh God, no. Oh no, not again. So apparently things are good now, but yeah, just not off to a good start for, for Martinez, but a very, very good story again from The Athletic. Um, so with that, Wes, we, we've, we've hit, hit the finale here, the watch for. What you watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Um, we have uh, continued our dive into Deadwood. Deadwood. Um. So just a fantastic show. The former uh, HBO, uh, one, one of those just home run HBO shows from the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have continued our dive into that here at the household. Um, other than that, I have been watching um, some uh, some Seinfeld on Netflix, which apparently cancel culture wants to get rid of Seinfeld now because of their horrible, horrible jokes. Um, and also I've been watching, yeah, yeah so they, they'll, they'll say they want to get rid of Seinfeld for their horrible jokes, but nobody has a problem with it's always sunny. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, that's, I love it's always sunny. Uh, I've just been kind of picking and pecking a few of those episodes here and there. Uh, the biggest news though on the watch for it, it dropped today. Season 10 of Letter Kenny will debut on Boxing Day. Oh, Boxing Day. It's on tradition. Hulu. It's tradition. Um, there is a trailer out for it. Uh, in said trailer, I saw both uh, the great John McMurray and Pastor Glenn. Uh, as long as those two are back around this year and a lot more than in season nine, I'm down down i will try to forget season nine happening as much as i can <laughs> because it was crap but um yes sir here we go letter kenny coming back into this end of the year awesome um i'm just looking it up right now i'm reading on some other things it looks like randall park is also in a, a new show good for him um oh god Oh God! What is this garbage? No! Oh, go away! Please go away! Oh God! Oh God! What is this? Oh God! Get off my screen! All right. Um, so yeah, I'll be checking out that trailer later. That's awesome that that just popped up here. Um, so I, I had something in my head for the watch for. Oh yeah, um, coming out this week. I want to say either tomorrow or Friday um, is the third Psych movie uh, entitled Psych Three. This is Gus, which is definitely, definitely not trying to, to, uh, to draw to mind the show This Is Us, which makes everybody cry apparently for some reason. Um, sure. So yeah, I, I, I loved um, the first Psych movie was pretty good. 
Second Psych movie was a, a decent amount better. So I am very excited to see this third Psych movie. To see to see uh, Burton Guster and uh, Sean Spencer back doing their psychic thing. It's 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 gonna be awesome. I love that group. I love that cast. Um, so I'm very excited to see uh, as uh, as Dulé Hill plays Burton Guster. Let's see, he will finally be getting married uh, to actually his real life wife, who's also becoming his wife in the show. It's crazy, but um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. So check that out on Peacock. Yeah, Peacock. Um, so yeah, I'm very yeah, excited. Peacock. <laughs> I'm very excited for that. So that's I'll be watching that at some point. I'm sure very soon. Um, also, I do want to say um, on Netflix, uh, a very good show that's uh, ending this Saturday at midnight. At least season one. Uh, the show is called Arcane. It is based on characters from the game League of Legends. And it's shockingly good. The the art um, and animation in the game is like, or sorry, in the in the show is like Pixar tier. Like it's really, really, really well done. Shockingly well done. Um, so yeah, um, go check it out if you want. Uh, it's it is obviously animated, but it is definitely. I would not call it for the kids, especially the way. Episode three ended. That was uh, not really kid friendly, um, but yeah, go check it out. It's called Arcane. Um, it is um, on Netflix right now with part three coming out this Saturday at midnight. Um, so that's the watch for for this week. And that'll do it for this episode of the Foreign Affair Podcast. Um, as always, presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, you can find them on the socials as well as us on Twitter. Uh, as a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show, and email us at AllNewSportsShow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including Anchor which is powered by Spotify and powers this podcast, as well as Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And again, if you want to send in a message to us, you can. Just click on the uh, the description of this uh, episode. You'll see a little link for Anchor. You just shoot us a voice message, and uh, if we like it, we'll add it in the podcast. So check it out there. Um, we'll be back next week, episode 391. Again, big matches coming up at the Premier League this weekend. Uh, Leicester versus Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, real good stuff coming this weekend. And we'll be here to break it all down next week. But before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you'd like to drop on in here? Man, it's college football season, folks. College we are getting season. down tough, man. Bitty grit. Folks, them Georgia by guy Bulldogs have gone undefeated. 8-0 for the first time ever in the SEC. Crazy, crazy. Um, they are the number one team in the country with a bullet. Number two, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Folks, if Alabama can win their next two games against Arkansas and Auburn, they're going to face them Georgia damn Bulldogs in the SEC championship game. Yeah, that's just going to be awesome, ain't it, man? I mean, why don't we just make that like the national championship? I mean, probably will be, but you know. Um, <laughs> So I sent Ed a little uh, a little funny this week. Um, 
someone, uh, a European had attacked uh, America on our <laughs> cheese. They, they put a picture of American cheese. They said, how can you possibly call this your national cheese? And uh, the response came, uh, shut the hell up. You, uh, you never even won the SEC. <laughs> you never even won the SEC. <laughs> I found that just uproariously hilarious. Oh, because that is like. That that is the most southern response of it all. What the hell are you talking about? You ain't never even won the SEC. <laughs> so um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, big weekend, the Big Ten Conference as Ohio State. Uh, their net, their last two conference games, all just have to be against Michigan State and Michigan, who are both ranked in the top ten. Oh. So we're gonna know how how for real them Buckeyes are here after a couple weeks. Uh, if they can get through that unscathed, they'll probably turn around and play uh, Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, everyone throw a little prayer out there for the Oregon Ducks. Uh, the Pac-12 has a chance to get a team in the playoff. <gasps> but Oregon's probably going to have to beat Utah twice, and not many people think they can do that. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this works out. But, um, you know, if you want to see something different, yeah, like I said, throw a little prayer up, grab your rosary, throw one out there for those Oregon Ducks. Uh, the Big 12 is devolving into chaos after Oklahoma's loss this past week. Um, Bedlam coming up. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's going to be a big one. Uh, there, there's no telling what's going to end up happening in that conference at this point, folks. Right now, the only thing that we know that seems to be certain is that the Georgia Bulldogs are going to go to the playoffs. Uh, they've got uh, games left with... God, this weekend they play somebody like Savannah State or some <laughs> shit like that. They have like one of those late season cupcake games. Mm -hmm. And then next week they get their second cupcake game as they play Georgia Tech. Got him. Got him. Uh, and then they'll play in the SEC title game. Uh, pretty much everyone is of the opinion that uh, Georgia could lose the SEC title game as long as they don't get absolutely humiliated. They will still get into the playoffs. Um, everybody talking about Cincinnati. Well, folks, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, the day after Thanksgiving, Cincinnati's dreams ending because they're coming to Greenville to play the Pirates. And mm -hmm. I've been saying it for about three months. East Carolina is beating Cincinnati. They're ruining the perfect season. Uh, they are going to break all the AAC hearts, uh, all the hearts of the small conferences that think they deserve uh, teams in the playoff. Sorry, man. East Carolina's taking care of business. But uh, this week, the Pirates, they go to Annapolis. They're going to have to sink a battleship if they're going to beat the midshipmen of the Naval Academy. Um, but yeah, man, God, EC ECU is officially going bowl. Well, they are bowl eligible, we'll put it that way. So they <laughs> should be going bowling because apparently you don't even really have to be like, you know, have winning records really anymore to go to bowls. Yay. So, as long as you're bowl eligible, which East Carolina is. Uh, also, I've um, I have gotten a commitment to a eh, maybe if East Carolina can go to the uh, Myrtle Beach Bowl, <laughs> I gotta eh, maybe I'll let you guys. So. Oh, nice. All right, yeah, man, ain't nothing better than Myrtle Beach in December, baby. Woo! <laughs> ain't, nothing, ain't nothing better than Myrtle Beach all the time, baby. That's why. Oh, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle, dirty Myrtle, man. Dirty Myrtle. So, so weird sounding. <laughs> so filthy. 
Some right. damn dirt is what it is. Well, on that note, you know, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. And uh, we hope you enjoyed winning here on the A Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 390 from A Call in Crime West Bradshaw. I'm Evergreen. Thanks so much for listening in. Until next time, stay safe and enjoy the football. Good night, all you Premier League fans. We're almost back. Get ready for the Crucible. The Crucible. Can't do any more of that or else I had to pay copyright. So yeah, we You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSE Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSE Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSE Sports. We never stop.